can only ever be where you are right now. What is your podcast? It's the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Yes, what's up, people? It's Adam here from the Bulldozer Podcast, and welcome to episode 81, brought to you by Bulldozer.com. If you guys are looking to get that dating life sorted, I've got a crash course to kick ass day game ebook on the website. You can book one on one Skype calls there, dive deeper on that side of the coaching level. Also, if you're interested in boot camps, deep divers, big ticket only, serious inquiries only, go ahead and hit me up on the website, boldojo.com. Again, all those plugs out of the way, we've got ourselves a special event today. We've got ourselves the first ever guest on the Boldojo podcast in Mikel Kuha. Now in the conversation with Mikel today, we dived into absolutely everything you could imagine surrounding entrepreneurship, knowing who you are, toxic influences, some sexy lady talk, and really just, it was just such a fulfilling conversation for me. And I was so grateful to have it with Mikel because I've been on his podcast on his project, the project podcast. Go ahead and check that out as well. Links to all of him, where you can connect with him, his Instagram, Uh, His podcast will be in the YouTube link description as well. And the conversation that I had with Mikel here is just a deeper dive off of what we had on his podcast. Things just got even more raw, even more emotional. And I loved it. I loved it. It was a great time, a great experience. And Mikel has so much wisdom to share. Someone that I'm inspired by, someone that I learned from. So with that being said, go ahead and dive in on this. I'll catch you guys at the end and we'll tie things up. (laughs) Welcome to the Potter. This is Potter 81, I believe. And you are the official first guest of the Bordeaux podcast. Yo, pop bottles. <laughs> this is exciting. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be good, man. And, you know, like the Bordeaux and the Potter is so cash. This is not going to be your uh, Forbes 100 interview. And I want to get the five most important nuggets of your life out of this. Um, we're going to keep this casual, guys. We're going to keep this real breezy. Mikhail's got a lot to share. But I do feel like for... All the guests to come, and for the first time that a guest is on this potto, I should probably give you the space and the opportunity just to explain yourself, just to be able to give the people listening uh, what you're about, whatever you feel is important for them to know, what people need to know about Mikel K. So I'll give you that first. Go ahead and run with whatever you want to run with that with, and then we'll dive into whatever we dive into. All right, man. Um, I, I feel like it's very fitting... Uh, to have a pool in the background for the first time you have a guest on, like, yo, check out yes. this guy. He's poolside. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, um, just pimp it. Yo, so my little intro. Um, mm. I'm 30 years old, um, single, currently living in Bali. Now, I'm doing videography and photography here full time and creating content for um, a few entrepreneurs over here as well. To rewind a bit before that, um, I was, I've been in a family business for about eight years, I mean, bathroom and kitchen renovations. And for me, it was something that was not super exciting, but not shitty. Like it was all right. Like I, I kind of enjoyed it, but kind of didn't. And I've, I've got a like amazing connection with my parents like they support me with everything I do um I can tell them about everything and when I mean everything dad knows everything about me Mm. um so yeah I'd I'd done that for about eight eight years and tried about seven eight different business models um and they vary from network marketing online marketing creating a tiling tool to sell that an e-com drop shipping website um, speaking in high schools, uh, I, I've done a bunch of stuff and 
it wasn't really until I started trying the seventh, eighth, ninth thing until I really started narrowed, narrowing down on my niche and what I really enjoyed. Um, so yeah, I've, I've always been someone who's, I guess my naivety has been my strength in a way because I've just been like, yeah, I can do that. And then I start and I'm two, three weeks deep in. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of hard. <laughs> but the big thing for me was like I got started and I just started trying shit. And this, and how I do like one thing, this is what I say to everyone. Like how you do one thing is how you do everything in life. And when I, when I do that in that area of my life, I find it shows up in other places as well. Like G Money, my boy. Uh, first few times when we started hanging out, we were at music festivals. And I was like, yo, that chick's cute. And mm. he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, let's go chat to her. He's like, oh, like, and say what? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> let's, go, <laughs> let's go say hey. Like, um, mm. So it was so, it was, he always talks about this day as well because we walked around that day and we were just, we were casting a, that's a big wasp. Oh, Jesus. Holy um, shit. That is a big wasp. <laughs> did you see that? Um, By the way, you haven't even let people know where you're coming from right now. Oh, uh, haven't where I? Where in the world are you right now? Oh, uh, let's keep it a mystery. Um, this wasp is killing me. So yeah, like that, having Glenn by my side, doing that, and that really like put a mirror to me to be like, yo, um, what you do isn't what everyone else does. <laughs> so um, yeah, I've moved over to Bali now. I'm currently there up, we go. up in um, Ubud, um, living it up here. And yeah, I guess oh, yeah. That's, a, that's a super brief overview of where I've been, yeah. where I'm at. Well, it just gives people, because, you know, like, everyone's got their own style of podcasts, everyone's got their own style of wanting to do, you know, and some people really thrive in that interview space of, you know, they've done hours of research, and, but if you've listened to my potter, and you know my potter, uh, we just shoot the shit, and it does get deep, things get deep, but I like it to get deep organically, mm. and it's 6.30 in the morning for you right now, it is, bro. you're in Bali, there's a pool behind you, you had a wasp almost just kill you while you were doing your intro. But he's about so, he's about to pick me up and take me off. He's big. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so I feel like that was uh, it was only fitting, but we had to give people just a small idea of uh, what you're about. And you said several very interesting things there. That even when I was like, it's it's about nine a.m. here in uh, Adelaide, and I was just on a beautiful morning walk, and I was thinking about you know what the shit would are we going to talk about? Like what even could possibly come up? And one of the most interesting things that I find about your story that I know everyone listening to this photo will gain a lot of tactical, if we even start off with tactics right from the get, is this, and you mentioned it briefly, was how you've been through seven, eight, nine potential, not potential, but actual business ventures. And when I look at you at 30 years old, I feel like you're at a great stage in life to offer real perspective perspective on that journey of entrepreneurship and it was you know i was uh i was thinking that when i think about mikhail you're like the genghis khan of entrepreneurship I'll you just it. don't give a fuck i'll take it i'll take it you don't give a fuck you like you i mean you'll rape you'll pillage <laughs> no you won't no. rape but you <laughs> okay like you maybe do. i won't take that <laughs> <laughs> what i mean is that like you just don't give a fuck like that confidence to go through something Start it up, put your all into it, realize that it wasn't something that you wanted to continue for the long term, drop it, and then start something new. It's like rehash, reload, reload. 
I find that personally, it's inspirational. But there's so much, I'm sure there's so much wisdom that has come from just that repetition and just that ability and what makes that tick. Like what if, if you could, if you could share, what has that been like over say, what since like 18 or so? Has it been like the last 10 years that you've been going through all these different ventures? What's that been like? And even like, cause I know there's a, especially if we're thinking about the audience right now, which try not to think too much about them, but you know, a lot of the people that listen to this pod are, are young males. Uh, specific, that's the majority of the audience right now. And I'm sure they'll love to know what that mindset is to be able to just go through this thing that, cause I'm sure, you know, whenever you go into any venture, you think this is going to be the thing, but then it's not. So, you know, dive in for that, man. What you just said at the end there was what I was going to open with. Uh, every time I've started a new business or a new venture or seen myself doing something, I always thought this was it. And I feel like that's why a large part of people would get around me um, on that mm. and support me because they, they saw the belief I had. Like, um, I, I truly had a belief in myself I could make this work. And it wasn't until I got deeper and deeper into the process, I was like, yo, actually, maybe I can make this work, but it just doesn't feel right. And mm. I guess I've, when I look back when I was younger, and this could be me or this could be other people as well, I always knew, and I don't know if this was like a teenage mindset of mine, but like I always knew I was going to do something fucking awesome. I never knew what it was going to look like. I never knew how much money I was going to make. I never knew any of the black and white analytical details of it. But mm. what I come to learn was this shit isn't just going to fall in your lap. Like the, the, the lottery mentality of, oh, one day like something will come together or something will happen for me. I learned very quickly doesn't exist. Like the overnight success thing, like the, the guy that drops the hot, latest track it's like a hip-hop star that blows up like he created thousands of tracks before that and then that one just happened to pop and i see yeah. your content very much the same like you're just spitting out fire and it's just like one thing's gonna go viral and it's gonna be like yo what's up mm. but on our other podcast which we chatted about mm. i also understand the, the power of depth and the depth of audience you have in what you do as well, which is amazing. But to go back on to that, your question of that mentality of, of keep going, I guess for me, I don't really stop to think about the loss as much as I did when I first started. Like, 10 years has just gone past. Mm. Like, it has literally just gone... Whoosh, and I was sitting with um, a kid last night who's 20 years old, full-time qualified chef, was running kitchens with 30 people, was stressed out, taking drugs, depressed, drinking, unhealthy, making great cash, Jeez. ditched all that to pursue photography over here. And we were chatting last night, man, and I'm like, I'm chatting to him. I'm like, yo, I still feel 20. Like, mm. and when you're 20 and a 30-year-old tells you that, you're like, yeah, bro, you don't know, man, like... Yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, it's 10 years. Of course. But it just goes. And for me to just keep going and trying things on, it was just because something in me, I never felt... 
I don't want to use the word complete because I'm in a place right now where I'm just whole happy and complete as is. But mm. I always felt there was like more, maybe like of a potential. Maybe you can wrap some words around it, but there was just something more out there that I knew I hadn't quite found yet. Right. There's something that you just said about completeness. And I'm, it just immediately tagged a thought in my mind of a post that you put up on the gram. By the way, what's your gram for people? It's uh, Mikel, M-I-K-E-L-E dot K. Boom. Cheeky plug. There was a post you put up, I don't know if it was like five days ago, six days ago, and it was about spirituality. And it really kind of, like, I, I glossed over it, but I, like, I read it, obviously tap the heart. You've got to be there for did your you, boys. Did you read it though? Did yeah, you, I was yeah. like, I, got, I glossed, I glossed. Okay. Because when I read it, I'm like, this is something that I knew we have a potter coming up. I don't want to dive into you too much right now when I'm watching this. I'm like, I want to get the real thing from him in actual full, unadulterated awesomeness. So you made a post about spirituality and about what spirituality actually is. Well, at least maybe if it wasn't, and I, of course, I'm, this is just my, my glossed memory over and I want you to dive into this because I feel like this is really interesting. And I, I just remember the main point of it being that spirituality is different for everyone. And this is a segue off of that completeness you were talking about. Do you, do you just want to dive in on that? What did that mm. mean? Um, what did that mean to you? A bit, a bit of this, like this whole spirituality talk. Um, also, just before you begin. This is also extremely relevant because you're just about to go on a Vipassana. Yes, we will get to that. Um, We're going to talk about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Damn, that's like two days away <laughs> now. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, I guess being in Bali now for four months and being in Ubud now for two months, Ubud is a very spiritual place and there's a lot of people here looking for themselves or trying different techniques or so there's a lot of cool mm. people up to some amazing shit in niches you didn't even know niches on niches on niches that you didn't even know existed didn't even know it was mm. a thing like the other day i done a breath work session which is like heavy breathing for an hour straight and it's a fucking mm. journey um and that's that's one aspect of it like there's yoga, there's meditation, there's the silent meditation, there's um, ecstatic dance, there's like all these different things. Ecstatic dance for people, it's very different to the nightclub vibes of going out and doing that. It's no talking, no phones, mm. no alcohol, no drugs. It's mm. an hour and a half journey, and I'm yet to do this, so I'm speaking from someone from outside the container, of you going in there, and when you can't talk, the way you show up, it's all body language. So it's like tenfold. If someone wants to dance with you, they're coming in hot. It's like eyes, eyes, eyes. Nah, no. It's like, or you just do your own thing. You're like, everyone back up. I'm doing me. Um, Sounds animalistic. I love that idea. It is. And the music is tribal, bro. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. The spirituality thing for me, like over the years, I've, I've listened to so many podcasts and so many things where people will tell you what's right, what's wrong, what is and what isn't. And some people come from that from that perspective. And then there's also a lot of people up here that seem to have this, it's like a, no, it's conscious. It's, it's like an unspoken about level of expectation of what spirituality is. 
like to say to you to say for you to rock up to a skate park and you've got you've got your vans on you've got your like ripped up jeans and you've got your oh, man etnies like well I'm going back globe like and then to see mm. someone else rock up in maybe like some Nike gear and some gym gear it's like oh yo you're not a skater like you're not wearing what skaters wear so mm. over here it's similar in a way where I've had conversations with people and when it's almost like, oh, you're not vegan? Oh, you don't eat raw? You don't practice mm. yoga? Damn, you're not wearing 100% recyclable clothing? Like, are, <laughs> yeah. like, are you really spiritual? Like, are you really about this? Um, mm. And for me, it's like, dude, fuck that. Like, if you're trying to level, your, level yourself up and genuinely give a shit about other people and building your own self-awareness, whatever you do, do that. Like... Yoga and meditation isn't for everyone, but you might want to tune out and put up a thousand shots on the b-ball court. You might want to hit like a gym session, just tune into your music. Like if you're just like building that self-awareness around yourself and putting in the work, no matter what it looks like or what package it comes in, you're doing the work. You're being spiritual. Like we're all born spiritual. We're just like trying to remember how to get there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's powerful, man. That's powerful. And one question I had, just something you said there, was with this kind of packaging that in this specific environment that you're in, with this 100% recyclable clothing and vegan and raw food clothing package, do you find that people are more or less present in this environment with this preconceived idea of what spirituality is? What do you mean when you say more present? Well, the reason why I'm asking is because... I got an email yesterday from a young dude in Canada who is going to set up for the next potter after this. And he was pretty much, it was a pretty in-depth email about how for the life of him, he just cannot be present. It's kind of like what he was doing his podcast now. Uh, so we won't, uh, won't, won't dive too deep on his actual context, but because it's just a side tangent as to why I'm asking you this question. He was just talking about how he's incapable of being present. And one of the follow-up questions I asked him, because I wanted more context for the next potter, was do you have a spiritual practice? And if so, what type of method? How long do you do it for? How long have you been doing it for? Et cetera, et cetera. And the reason why I asked this is because amongst all the people I've met since, let's say, 18, when I kind of went into the journey of self-help and personal development, of all the people that I've met, the people that are most pre-packaged and rigorous around the conception of what spirituality actually is they are to me the least present that's what i've found so that's why i'm interested in since you're in such a hotbed you're in such a concentrated area of this type of mentality this type of thinking i was just curious to see if you'd found whether they are less or more present yeah i think um a lot of that I think it's it's very hard for me to judge when I'm flying by and just meeting people for like 10, 15, 20 minutes um, to get context around that. But I feel like since they're trying so hard to fit a container of what they think it looks like, so much energy and time is spent trying to show up a certain way mm. when that way could potentially not be you. And if you're not being... Like if you're not stepping more into you and you're stepping into this guy on the left that kind of looks like you, but also wears... Oh, um, hold up. 
Mikel's frozen. Oh, hold up. I can hear you now. We're I got back. you now. We're back? Yeah. When people are spending so much time trying to fit this container, you're not actually being present within yourself. Mm. So you're like, like I think I was saying, you're like this kind of version of who you are, but then it looks a certain way, so you need to pull yourself up before you say certain things or do certain things because that doesn't align with what you think you should be to be more spirituality. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So to answer your question in super broad terms and not being, um, not being, I know it's a broad question. Yeah. Broad question, broad answer. Um, I think they're being less present, but the end of the day coming back, just my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's all it is. I just, I was just curious because especially with travel and we need a, there's something really interesting about your story. Which is that you, you, you kind of glossed over it. You didn't really, because you're so humble. How you got to be in Bali is a super inspirational story. Like even, even that in and of itself. And that's why the perspective is interesting to ask you from. Because it's not like uh, you've been living there all your life. Or, or this is a place where, or this whole thing that you're in. And this saga of your life is something that's something you're really accustomed to this is all new shit for you as well like you're from where i'm from you're from a small town adelaide and now you're living it up doing amazing things inspirational things and you know before what i said you're like the genghis card of entrepreneurship that's uh forget about the raping <laughs> forget about the raping but the pillaging about the that mentality of the not i just don't give a fuck i'm just going to do what i'm going to do and let the leaves fall where they may. Now, that's super inspirational. Talk about that for a second. Talk about the jump, the move from Adelaide, South Australia, to being in Bali, living this ninth or tenth venture, which is something that you're resonating so strongly with now. Talk about that transition and the mindset that changes from the small town to now you're out in the big wide world now. Mm. Cheeky... Uh, Cheeky soul in the background. What's that's, up? That's my boy, Aaron. Ink, pray, love. You ought to see him um, pop it up on Insta a bit. I have. He's, um, he's running Karma House up to some pretty cool stuff up here. Have a great day. Yeah, so, wow. Um, it's so funny. I've had a few moments when I've just, like, I've been super overwhelmed. Stuff's really hectic, and I've just, like, stopped grounded myself and it's like yo like you've already won you're Mm. in bali like doing what you enjoy doing every day um exactly yeah to stop and remind myself of that sometimes because i'm always go 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 and i need a hundred things on um it's awesome man but the process on getting here like it had been chats over beers for the last two years with friends like yo I'll move here yeah I'm gonna move here like and it, it came up again and again and again um and then I was I was teething on buying a franchise and bringing that into Adelaide um Asahi Brothers and I love you got a question looks like you're about to drop I was gonna away. say I was just gonna say what franchise was it yeah um Asahi Brothers so um a superfood and smoothie bar that specialize okay. in acai bowls. Um, amazing mm. brand, amazing dudes. I flew to Perth. I spoke to pretty much all the owners around Australia and was going to open one up in Adelaide. 
Henley Beach, somewhere like that. Mm. It wasn't until I really sat in that and was like, man, this investment is everything. Like the risk and reward for me was bankruptcy or making it work, but still working six days a week in a job I know I'd enjoy, but it was just like, yo, you're about to commit to like 80 hour weeks for the next few years to get this going. And it wasn't Mm. until I looked down the barrel of that, I realized how free I actually was right now. I can buy a franchise any time pending. I've got the money and people backing me, but I can do that any time. That's always available right now. Mm. I have no kids. I have no girlfriend. I have no Mm. overheads. Like, let's fucking go to Bali. Let's go do that thing I've wanted to do. If it doesn't work out, cool. Come back, figure it out. But Mm. I really sat with myself and asked, what would I do every single day, whether I was paid or not? And one thing I didn't mention before is I've got my own podcast. I've listened um, to podcasts for the last five, six years. And I know how much value that's given me. And I know the conversations that have has given me permission to go do shit. Like, it was the first time I'd found out people, like, I'd always heard about people making money online. But then when I'd, like, you'd sit there and you'd genuinely listen to someone, you're like, yo, there's nothing amazingly special about this guy. He doesn't have superhuman powers. And he's making this much money online doing shit he loves. It's like, why the fuck can't I do it? So mm. that's one reason why I stepped into podcasts. Video and audio, I just, like, I just enjoy, like, making shit. Like that's, it's, it's like, like maybe my vocab isn't big enough to express that, but I just genuinely enjoy creating shit and it's Mm. as easy as that, man. Um, yeah. So my process coming over here was booking the ticket was like, ah, like a few times. And then it was soon as it was booked, I was like, I didn't actually really feel anything. I was like, okay, cool. That's done now. And then it wasn't until the airport and then I left and they'd been here for a little while. So I had a hundred reasons why it couldn't work. And I had mum telling me, you don't have enough money. You don't know anyone in Bali. How are you going to make this work? And coming over here, I didn't, I knew like two, three people, man. Um, But Mm. I had an unknown certainty I was going to make it work. And that unknown certainty came from the work I put in outside of when the lights are on. The, the work I'd done on my computer when no one was around, the person who I was showing up when Instagram wasn't on. Like I knew my networking skills were at a stage where I'd be able to meet people. I'd be able to make shit happen. Um, so I came over here two months, worked in a, a party hostel, which for me, I thought was like, yep, awesome, done, perfect. Party at night, slide into a few beers, get up throughout the day, get it done, which I did. But what I, one thing I learned really quickly was this whole party hostel managing that was Mikel of five, six years ago. Mm. My younger self, this was, this was like his dream to manage a party hostel, to meet people every night, to go out. And I realized I was stepping into an old dream and it wasn't what I wanted right now. And it took me, mm. I had six months which was they do free food, free accommodation, and like a very, very small salary. Um, And we're talking $200 a month. Like we're talking small. Sure. Um, Yeah. Which is the base salary here in Indonesia. Um, Yeah. And then within two months, made it work. And now I'm working with four entrepreneurs that are killing it in all aspects of their field, supporting them with doing content. So we made it happen, baby. Two months in. 
So, and when I saw that, I was, I was so overjoyed because I've been, since the last time we talked, which was on your podcast, in my place, <laughs> it was a great conversation. We dived into a whole bunch of different things and I knew you would be going over to um, this barley land and trying this thing out and with not much of a plan, not much of an idea other than just, let's just see what happens. Let's just make it work. And, you know, you're doing the hostel thing. And I've seen you going off every night and it's it's crazy. But then I remember checking in with you at, I don't know, maybe two weeks in or three weeks in, just saying, hey, how's it going? And like, I'm actually pretty drained. Like, I'm starting to feel like this is starting to drain me out a little bit. Mm. And then I'm not sure how much longer it was after that, whether it was, whether it was a month or two months later or whatever. And then I see you uh, put up on the ground that you signed this deal and that you made a, you made a post, a really inspirational, emotional post about how everything, every step, every long the step along the journey had been building into this moment and that you had made it, so to speak. You'd made it in your mind as to whatever you thought uh, make it was. And I'm just going to conjecture. I'm just going to conjecture, but I feel like at least from my own uh, experience and what I've seen from other people, this idea of making it, let's talk about this. This idea of making it, there's obviously the, society-based standard of what that means, whether that's a certain amount of zeros coming into your account each month or whether that's a certain amount of zeros on your follower uh, status, how many people following you, uh, what's going on in your romantic life, dating, social, all that, which actually I want to talk to you about a little bit as well in a second. I'll park that up. All those different things, all those different measuring bars that we have to indicate whether oh, this person's made it or not. I think at least at this stage in 2018, we can all realize that that's wrapping paper. That's wrapping paper. That's superficial. That's what we see on the outside, but it does not necessarily indicate or determine what is actually going on inside of that person. And even just to jump off here for a second, think of people that like uh, Avicii, think of people like Robin Williams, people that appear to have absolutely everything in the world, uh, Kate Spade. All these recent massive, massive, major time people, major time that we would recall having made it, that decided to end their own lives. So it's not necessarily our idea. And these through these conversations that we have, and I know you've been really big on your podcast of diving into this, let's get the wrapping paper off. Let's see who the real person is. Let's dive into the dark shit. Let's understand who we are as people. Because I feel like only through that enlightenment can we have the freedom to acknowledge, okay, I had misconceived ideas of what making it was. And that's actually messing with me. That's actually causing my depression, causing my anxiety, causing the reason why I don't want to wake up in the morning. So making it, because I remember you using those terms specifically, I feel like I made it now. I think you even just said it like 20, 30 minutes ago. Dive into that a little bit. What does that actually, what does making it mean to you when we get rid of the wrapping paper and it's you on the Sunday morning, 6.30 a.m., sitting there right there with that wasp on my shirt, take you out. What does making it mean to Mick? Yeah, making it is forever changing and forever evolving and it's never consistent. Like this idea of success, whatever that looks like to you, like rent is due every day. It's not something you own. It's something you you rent, you occupy for an amount of time as long as you're putting in the work. I don't feel like we've ever made it, but we're making it right now. 
And mm. this idea of success, the amazing thing about it is you get to define it. Like you get to choose what success looks like for you. And when you were talking about all that stuff then, I was like getting a bit emotional because I know when I got called up and I can recall that day step by step from the, from the hour scooter ride up to Ubud to the exact playlist I was listening to, to the exact song I was listening to. What were you listening to? It was, uh, Lincoln, it was a Lincoln Park um, playlist. Um, cause it's, oh. it's like I've been touching on it from my teenage years for in the gym and it was Lincoln Park in the end. And okay. I stepped out of that meeting and went around the corner and recorded a bit of audio and like just teared up, man. Because sure. I could see something no one else could see. And I put in the work and I put in the work and I never knew when it was going to show up or how, what it was going to look like. And when it did, I like really let it fucking land. And this idea of success is very much cultivated and created by people that it's, it's like this. It's very much what I've seen so far being in Bali. It's like a westernized standard of success where mm. making the money, having the car, having the hot girl, like being that Instagram couple is is more and more being pushed down the throats of our teenagers that this is what you need to be full, whole and complete, happy and successful. Where <laughs> watching behind the scenes of Instagram on a lot of people out here, whether they be big influencers or um, people I've even shot with um, or people going out for brunch, you're like, yo, like you don't understand the, the beautiful photo of the ripped dude holding that chick with the perfectly peach butt in front of mm. the waterfall in that moment. It looks amazing. They're happy. They're great. You didn't, you didn't know it took 45 minutes for them to get the lighting, get the shot, wait for the sun to come over. They had, they were yelling at a photographer to move. He was yelling at them. They were like, there's, there's, there's spots here where there's hundreds of people behind you waiting for their photo. And it's just you and that waterfall. Like to see behind the scenes of all of that is so interesting, man. Cause I came over here with this, with this idea of being like, I'm going to find this amazing hot girl and we're going to travel and I'm going to shoot her and we're going to do brand deals and we're going to collab. And mm. I realized it's, it's nothing like that. Um, I've gone off a little bit of a tangent here. That idea of success. Yeah. So that's okay. Yeah. Just the making it. Yeah. The, the making it, man. Um, It's, it's literally what, whatever you want it to be, but finding out what that is takes time. It takes work. It takes trying different pairs of shoes on to see what really fits and being super honest with yourself. I had a podcast. I had someone on my podcast last night. I think we're up to about 11 o'clock last night jamming on this. And it was, it was, how do I, how do I construct this? It's all right. Breathe into it. Can you um can you bump me on that train of thought again? Oh, the um the making it. What the, that is for what, you. Oh man. I just had this then. <laughs> oh, you were just talking about a guy you were just talking about talking with last night. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I've absolutely lost that train of thought there. That's okay. 
That's okay. It was you already said you already said plenty in that one moment that if anyone was listening to this, if you were listening keenly, and for those who are listening to this podcast should be listening keenly. You said things there was one thing, like there's actually two things. First thing, the honesty. The honesty to know what making it is for you. And I feel like that's always going to be the most important thing. And if that comes, if the thought comes back to you, just jump in. But there's a story or at least something relevant that I've been dealing with a guy over the past couple of weeks. Uh, shout out to T, a different T. This T is in New York. And I've been coaching him for the last few weeks. And one of the things we had a long, we only do 60 minute sessions. And I really appreciate that. I appreciate those longer sessions because that's when, uh, we really get to dive into someone's psychological mindset behind anything and everything that they're going into and dealing with in life. And one of the things he's dealing with is that he's, and just to give the context on this guy, don't worry, T, if you're listening, that's, I'll, keep, uh, I'll keep it private. He's a therapist. He's a therapist and he's from a Chinese background living in New York. And his ultimate dream and his ultimate goal is to be able to go back to China and to influence people in the way that you and I are doing right now that seems quite normal in the Western style. You know, this self-development space, self-help space, podcasts, elevating our consciousness, elevating our mindsets. It's all very, uh, you know, maybe, maybe five, ten years ago, this, this stuff was very, very fringe. But now it's becoming quite straightforward. What, you don't know about self-help? Get out of here. Of course you do. Everybody, it's one of the biggest sections in, uh, in Dimmicks now, if you, if you ride, ride into Dimmicks. But in China, and the way that he's been describing it to me is that that's not really the case. The self-development, uh, the self-help, which is really interesting because Eastern philosophy is where a lot of self-help is based upon. And that as, as time went on, it's almost like as the East started transferred to the West in terms of industrialization and building, they lost a lot of their mindset behind that. And he's, anyways, so this is a major tangent. Anyways, he wants to bring that back from the West, bring that back into China, and to be able to coach parents, coach parents on how they're raising their children, uh, coach young men, coach young women on their mentalities and who they're becoming in life. And one of the things, that's his idea. That's, that's where he, that's context on him. And one of the things that he was talking to me about, what we've been diving into is, why you are doing what you're doing and how you know you are successful. And that's why I wanted to bring this up because we had a real, a real bit of chop. I call it a real bit of chop. It never, it's never aggressive, but it, it got, uh, he was very much struggling to understand the idea of why I have been so persistent and so consistent over the last, I guess the channel has been up for three years, but the journey, my journey has been going on much longer before that. But how I could be so consistent, particularly with the potto that doesn't get the mass awareness, that doesn't get the made it stamp. You know, like the, I would say the most popular potters had maybe 1.5K views, right? And, uh, but they're averaging some, somewhere between 200 to 500 views on YouTube, you know, a couple thousand downloads a month. And this has been going on for years, like three years. I think this is like the third year. Yeah, something like that. And we're 81 in. And when he was asking me, he's like, Adam, I admire your persistence and your consistency so much. How the hell do you do that? How the hell do you sit down and just continuously put this shit out regardless of whether people, whether you, people see you as successful with it or not? And my answer to him was, and it came so organically, 
because there's nothing else for me other than I'm only creating for one. And I said this in the lead up to making the video, the greatest lesson I've learned over the last 25 years of life. When I was in the throes of making that extreme project and it's taken me 50 plus hours of editing for this one 10 minute video. Yo, if you haven't watched just, that, go, go take eight minutes out of your day. Shit is hey. fire. Thank you, my man. Thank you. And just as I was wrapping up that project, I was at the park across from my house, just filming like, you know, every day I'd film a little behind the scenes on how the project's going. And just as it was wrapping up and I was getting ready to release it and drop that shit. I remember filming a little IG story saying that a lot of you probably won't get this. And that doesn't really make sense. Why would I invest so much time, so much time into a piece of content that I don't even think a mass audience would understand? And the reason for that is the reason for why I do everything is because I'm not creating for a mass audience. I'm creating for one. I'm creating for the one 19 year old Adam out there that needs to hear this shit. And even he might not understand this right now, but I know there'll be something inside of him that goes, maybe I'll come back to this in two or three years or whatever. And I'll get it more then. And that was my answer to him is that persistency, consistency, the Genghis Khan mentality. All that for me comes from this deep, deep desire that I don't give a shit whether a million people approve of this, 100,000, 10,000, it doesn't matter to me. As long as there's one 19-year-old Adam out there, and what that really is to say is just a, a young boy who was lost like I was, who didn't have mentalities, who didn't have the high-level consciousness to understand certain level principles, direct, congruent, authentic, didn't have that. As long as there's one guy out there that's getting that, that's more than I had than when I was coming up. And I'm not sure, I don't even remember how we got on since I think it was just, oh, oh yeah, the guy in, in China, uh, sorry, in New York and wants to go in China. He found that very difficult to understand. Very difficult. Like I, He was really really wrestling with this idea that what do you mean you only create for one don't you have bills to pay but adam i've got to eat he remember, i remember him saying this to me adam i've got to eat i've got to pay bills and i'm like i don't give a fuck and neither does anyone else mm. no no one cares about what your financial situation is all they care about is whether you care or not no, people don't pay attention until you care and people won't care for you until they can see that you care for them and always in these sessions, the way that I'm talking to you right now is not how I'm talking to him because in these sessions where I'm coaching people, I'm never telling them things. I'm getting them to find the answers for themselves because it doesn't, you know, we're, ban we're bantering right now. We're talking, we're chill, we're growing up. So I'm giving it to you a little bit more dramatically and I'm, I'm making it sharper. But the way that I'm delivering this message to him is going, is trying to find a question for him. And one of those questions was, at least around the consistency and the persistency of things is why do you wake up in the morning? And I, and as you know, like I asked you this in our last potter and I want to ask you again, cause I want to see if that's changed or what that's like. And I think it's a good, cause we haven't talked in like, like this anyway. And what's it been three months, three, four months now. Yeah. Four months, bit over four months. Yeah. Yeah. So that will be cool to see. So I'm going to park that for after this in case you didn't have any other thoughts or we might even wrap up with it. But that's something that I ask each and every single person that I meet. And 
it's almost whenever someone comes up with this type of inability to see to the deeper level why of what things are happening, my my brain immediately goes to when someone says, but Adam, I got to eat, I got to pay bills, and then I will create content for people, then I'll be consistent, then I'll be persistent, then I will be able to do what it is that I want to do as long as I get mine first. So then I say to him, well, why do you actually wake up in the morning? And just sat there for a good few minutes, good few minutes. And a lot of times, at least in this conversation, the answer doesn't come and that's fine. They need time. People need time with that, absolutely. But what's important to recognize about that and for anyone listening is that if you are, and I've had this conversation with many entrepreneurs, I'm sure you've had it as well, maybe not in this exact way, but you got to this understanding that until you can put the service of others ahead of yourself, you'll never be consistent. You'll be fleeting because you will jump ship. Many men, you'll give up in the first five meters, which is actually one of the things with T that we're working on. He just gives up in five seconds on everything because he's only doing it for the external get. He's only doing it because of what type of money this could bring in, what type of social influence this could bring in, who this would make him seem to be. And I don't know, there's something that you said there. I'm not sure what it was that you said that spurred that off. But I think that it's just on the consistency of things is something that you've been able to do amazingly. Like that, you just stick at it and you just go at it. So I'm not sure if there was something, if, if that thought came back to you, if there was, you had thoughts on that. But I would like to revisit why it is that you wake up to see if that has changed in four months. Yeah. Um, yeah, what you said there was really good with, was really great in... Um, showing up for others compared to showing up for yourself. It's, it comes back to just fuck the numbers, just putting in the work. Mm. And a quote I absolutely love is like, and I've asked people this, it's like, are you completely invested in the work but detached from the outcome? And I've said that to people and they're like, no, I'm not. I'm like, okay, well, if it doesn't work out or if you don't get the likes or if you don't get the job or if that doesn't blow up, then what? It's like you're giving all of your power away to an audience which is subjective. You could blow up somewhere else, but those people haven't seen your shit. Like, it's so subjective and you have no control over it. We, you need to take ownership in the shit you've got control of. You've got control if you want to not scroll Instagram for an extra hour every night and put in work on something you want to create. Like, you've got control over those things. And... I, I was playing to an audience for a long time. Like I was constructing and saying things in a certain way, going for a sell or trying to appeal to certain people. And when I like dropped that shit, I've never received more DMs in my life when people are just like, yo, you're fucking enjoying. Like I put up the messy shit on my Instagram stories all the time. Like I'll drop F-bombs. I'll drop the fucking phone when I'm taking a selfie and like have fun with it. Like even before... And this is like, when I get super honest with myself, even before when I lost my train of thought, I was like, fuck man, mm. Adam's listeners are going to be sitting here. Like this guy like can't even continue his sentence. He, he wasn't, he wasn't, um, he's not aligned or he's, he wasn't in tune with that moment. And he forgot like, dude, he forgot what he was saying on a podcast. And I'm sitting here and as you're talking, <laughs> I'm listening, but I'm kind of like in my own head. And this is one thing I've really worked on getting super honest with myself. It's like, bro. 
It's a raw, live audio recording. You're going to forget shit. You're going to mess up. And it's the same with everything else. You're going to fucking mess up. Cool, that's done. Let's park it, as you would say. Let's move on. Let's keep going. Um, Yeah. 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 I wanted to add my two cents in on that, man. No, that's cool. That's cool. Even even like a microcosm of what you just said, of how you lost your train of thought in a potential situation where you would not want to lose your train of thought. With my podcasts, when I sit just over there for sometimes up with the maximum has been two hours 30, but on average about an hour, there's no script. There's no, there's no, the only note is how we begin and then we see where the hell we go. And if you don't think there's times where I've just been on, especially when things get inspirational, this is often when things get inspirational where you completely lose the idea of where this all manifested from and what rabbit hole went from where if you don't think that you're not going to completely get get to a point at least in the last in three years of doing this you could do this every week to second week a couple times a month where it's like what the hell was i just talking about of course and that's what people love because if you are sitting here and we're sitting here right now and we're just being ourselves I haven't asked you, I haven't sat, for those, just give real context here. When we were getting ready for this potter, getting ready, <laughs> when I rocked up, the the only things that were said was that, well, first, it's like you took like five seconds to say anything because you'd only just woke it up. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to do a three, two, one clap. We're going to sync up all the microphones and let's fucking go. It's not like, okay, Mick, so I'm going to cover this with you. We're going to cover this and also, also. If you do happen to forget anything, we go off on tangent, I will come in and save you. I'll come and rescue. Don't worry. There's nothing to worry about. It's none of that shit. Throw me, throw me the life raft, baby. <laughs> hey, life boat me, baby. There's none of that shit because that's the that's the beauty of the potto. That's the beauty of the potto. And I, I said this briefly at the beginning. This is not shitting on anyone who likes this style. And there are definitely hybrids of this style as well. And some people actually, I would, it's, it works better for them to do a very rigid podcast in which that uh, they ask very targeted questions. They've spent the past two hours prepping for it. But personally, that's not why I listen to the majority of potters. Of the people that I listen to, uh, there's only one person. There's only one person that I will accept that from. And that's Tim Ferriss. And it's only because I know that's him. And that's a cool lesson right there. That's Tim. Tim, when you listen to Tim Ferriss' podcast, it makes sense that he spent the last two hours prepping for this. Has always questions noted out that he did actually prep his guests. If you listen to his podcast on how to create a popular blog, I think. I think it's that one or it's one of those. It's one of the ones where he dives into his mechanics of how he gets ready for podcasts it's very interesting he talks about how he sends the list of questions to his uh, interviewees and he does all this research and it, and you can tell when you listen to his potters he's put so much time into thinking about how this is to get the most out of each and every single person and we love that i love that and but i would not accept that from say joe rogan because that's not joe I'll listen to Joe because I want to hear him talk about 
random psychedelic trips that happened when he was 18 years old and when uh, he was in the bloody cryo chamber and almost broke down crying, you know, and then all of a sudden dives into when he knocks someone out in a taekwondo tournament and at the UFC and all this different shit. And then they might get into some stuff about, uh, you know, the battle between carnivore and vegan diets and then some tactical shit comes in there, but then we die back here. And the point of what I'm saying here is that just do you. Just you. And, and when you lost that train of, train of thought there, and I'm like, it's okay. Breathe in. Because that's what it is. And it would be a disservice. And if we would take this out macro right here, it's a disservice to everyone. If there's anyone listening to this poto right here that wants to make their own content, that wants to go out and do cool shit, cool shit in this world, there is nothing cooler than just portraying and exporting who you actually are. And oh, fuck. Fuck me right here. This is so good. Back in the day, I used to run a gaming channel. That's actually where the, the gram at Uwitang won. Uh, kind of spurred that name spurred off of my Call of Duty gamer tag was Uwitang. And the channel was Uwitang. I, thought, I definitely thought it was your last name for a good part of when I first started listening to your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Shit, I had a feeling because you named the podcast out of Uwe Tech, so I thought maybe you thought that was my last name. That's fair enough, though. That's fair enough because everything's branded with Uwe Tech. Um, and there was a kid, there was a kid that I used to collaborate with a little bit, and I used to just play a lot on Call of Duty with, and his name was Benji. And Benji never, he had his own gaming channel, really small, like just a couple, you know, 50, 60 subscribers. And he would put out content maybe once every second or fourth week. And he wanted to be a famous YouTube gamer, right? Just like I did. And we were all in this community of YouTube gamers. And he would never show his face or his body. He would never show Cam whatsoever. And I always knew that when I looked at his content, it stopped me from connecting with him. Because I knew that there was a deep, deep disconnection and a deep, deep resistance to something going on within him as to what he would like to export to the world, which is that he's not comfortable with his body image. And I and it, it, it took me a long time before I think I ever saw the first image of him and he was a very overweight kid, really overweight. Now, years go on, and that gaming channel was years ago. And I spoke to him just yesterday, or the, uh, two days ago, as I just kicked off this new anime review channel that I just started. And he's now doing anime review as well. Uh, his his uh, more, mind's more specifically on anime films. He does anime more broadly. But now, and I checked out his channel, he's putting up video. And he's got full full video and very little cutting as well. And I just said to him, I said, slid, slid him a DM saying, man, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy that you are now putting out video of who you actually are. And it's not like, and he's he's trying to get his fitness handled. He's trying to get his nutrition handled. That's great. There's a journey there. But whether that happened or not, in fact, I'm glad that it, I know this is going to sound bad. I'm glad that he hasn't got ripped and shredded and now has all of a sudden started to show himself. I'm glad that he's put on the camera, turned on the camera when he's still overweight and struggling with his uh, body image. And, and he's just said to me in the DM, it just, I had to get to that place of just fuck it. And do you know how much more connected to him that I am now just from being able to see that, see that face, see that body. And that, of course, is not about that so much. It's about the place within him that has come to accept, well, this is who I am. 
And I just, I've, I, fell in, I fell in love with that again and again with everyone. I fell in love with that with you. I fell in love with that when, from the very moment that, you know, when we, uh, we sat down in Melbourne and we were, talking, we were talking about shit and we just started talking shit about anime. We started talking about um, Neon Genesis Evangelion. And we're just talking shit about that. And it's like, oh, this is real. This is real. This is because, you know, I'd only seen you on Fringe. I'd only seen you on the gram. I'd only seen you doing this cool shit. I'd only seen the shredded Mikel, right? In these photos, as you were talking about in these photos. So I don't know who the real Mikel is. But then when we're sitting down, we're talking, and I'm getting to feel that you're not so concerned with who I think you are, and you're just exporting to me who you actually are. That's who I fall in love with. Yeah. That's who I fall in love with. That... This, so this is something we went in on last night. Um, and thank you. That is, that is very much received. Um, man, showing up for others and <laughs> what, is the, what is the saying? Spending money we don't have to buy things we can't afford to impress people we don't, mm. we don't know. And last night sitting here on the podcast with Jared, man, we went in on the fact that the older I've gotten, the less and less I've valued other people's opinions. And take that with a grain of salt because there is in like, you know, business and life, there's some people where you, you need to really ground yourself and, and take it in. And like you said, sometimes people can say things, they don't land right now. But I've had coaches, I've worked with one-on-one, they've said things, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 weeks later, I'm sitting there um, by myself at work, whatever, and you're just like, Poof. like it just, it finally lands and you're like, shit. They were right, but there's a difference between um, there's a difference between that wisdom and knowledge and just someone's opinion that they've thrown off the cuff. And I don't care what other people say because I've done quite a few things over the years where I've had a lot of people say a lot of things, and it fucking hurt at first. I'm not going to sit here and say like, "Yo, from the get, I was like, like middle finger raise, I'm doing me." Like it took a while mm. to to cultivate that that strength and that endurance and that that self worth and belief in myself to know what I'm doing right now is what I'm doing, and your opinion of it just it's falling to the wayside. It doesn't mean anything to me. Like I've even had before I came to Bali, there was like so many of my friends who were not happy in what they're doing. And I'm not hanging shit on them because they complain about their job every day and they get to choose whether they go to that job and they chase that or not. Um, and they've said to me, like, dude, you don't know anyone in Bali. Like, why are you going to go over there? And I'm like, yeah, but like, you're not happy doing your job. So why are you staying there? It's like this polarizing, like, your opinion on that. Like, stop worrying about what the fuck everyone else is doing and start, like, working on your own shit and making sure you've got yourself sorted before you start having opinions on others. I've never, I've never spent so long not talking about others in my life than the last few months. Like what the lads are up to on the Snapchat group isn't relevant to me. So I'll be watching snaps from 36 hours ago that I was just happened to jump on now and then. And the repetitive nature of the weekly process of going out on the weekends and going to the job and complaining about Monday is more prevalent to me now that I'm outside of it looking in being like yo 
like I wish you could see what I could see right now because what's going on over here is nothing like what's going on over there. It's so real. Mm. It's so real. Travel gives you that. Growth yeah. gives you that. Evolution gives you that. And you just spoke on evolution for yourself right there. I mean, and you even just that thing of, I wish you could see what I could see. It's such a double-edged, double-edged sword. Because I think, and this is actually a beautiful segue, because I wanted to talk to you about the romantic side of your temple and what that's meant for you as you've stepped into a new light of entrepreneurship. Because as I've gone, for those wondering, even if you might be wondering, anyone wondering, even if no one's wondering, I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> People are wondering. <laughs> People are wondering. Now they're wondering. Like, what the fuck is he going to say? Uh, through the last 80 episodes of this potto, this, the reason why it's been a solo potto is because this is just a brainchild for me to export my deeper level ideas in which that I knew that a very small percentage of people that actually want to grow, actually want to learn, will listen to the entire thing. If a type of person that only wants to watch one-minute videos, he's not in the journey, he's not at the same stage of the journey as someone who wants to sit down for 60 minutes and actually pay attention. They're at two different stages of the journey. Anyways, that's the reason why it's been solo up until this point. But what I'm starting to find now is that I'm at a stage in the journey where I'm sliding back into the inner side of my temple to work on some things I haven't fully formulated ideas around yet. And it feels like a good time to bring other people in to get other people's perspectives. And with that, and see even right there, my mind went off on a completely different tangent. I went off on a completely different thought. I have absolutely no idea why I even started this tangent right now. Do you remember? I I wasn't in your head, man, so I'm not sure. Yeah. There was, there was something that I was going to say as to a singular potter doing this on its own. You've, but I got, I got, side, I got sidetracked. You've, you've grown yourself to a certain level now where you feel... Oh, the romance. There we go. There we go. So the romance and this world. Yeah, this is it. This is now coming back up the rabbit, rabbit hole. I wanted to get your perspective on how your romantic side of your life, that part of your temple has changed, what your thoughts are around that now, now that you're in a much deeper level of entrepreneurship in the sense of self-responsibility, in the sense of it's on you, that you've really taken that next level of responsibility for yourself. What, what has that meant for you when it comes to girls, when it comes to your sex life, to, and of course, you don't have to get specifics. I don't need the name of Jenna last night. But what has it meant for you as to your sexual needs, as to how you view your relationships with the feminine energy, what you need from girls, everything and anything I'm most interested in this right now. And this just before I tag this up, because this is where this came from, which is that this is one thing. As I've exported most of my deep ideas over the last 80 episodes, this is something that I found for me is the new frontier. That as guys that are growing along in this journey, and, and not just guys, but girls as well, just reverse the examples. As you start to take more self-responsibility and life starts to change for yourself and you start to go deeper into entrepreneurship and business, 
at least for myself, things have changed in the romantic side of the temple. What's that been like for you? Mm. Um, before I dive in, I'm just going to slide over because the sun is starting to come in. Mm. It's creeping in. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's going to come back in again soon. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, is it really hot over there right now? No, nah, it's not hot, but I'm just starting to catch a bit of sun through here in my oh, little okay. meditation hut poolside. Um, these, these Bali life struggles, man, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard life. It's a hard life from Mikel out here. <laughs> um, for me, yeah, I have spent less and less, a lot. I've spent very minimal time over here and I... I had a conversation about this the other week with a friend where I've spent very minimal time investing myself into even getting to know girls. Um, I mean, the first getting to the hostel, you know, meeting a bunch of people, um, but people are coming and going. People are here for two, three days. People are here for a week at most. And I found myself, we'd go out, we'd go to the club and I'd like, it'd be a few sentences, a bit of banter before and then... I would kind of be like, do you want to come back? If not, cool. Um, but I feel like even when I'm just meeting people day to day, I have such minimal investment in it because, and this is something I struggle, I, I've, I, I'm still struggling with a little bit because I'm coming from someone in my mid-20s that found so much self-worth in um, taking a girl home showing the guys on Instagram who I've gotten with recently to, to really validate and edify, um, pretty much saying to them, validate me, <laughs> look at this. Um, mm. So it's something I've struggled with a bit being over here, but then also checking in with myself and being like, not labeling it, lean it as right or wrong. And that was something I was getting caught up with. I was, I was saying to myself, you know, it's it's bad. It's like you're not showing up in a certain way if you're not chatting to girls and bringing them home and all this kind of shit where I was like, hold on. If you don't feel a need or a draw to go meet girls and um, get woven into short or long-term relationships, whatever comes from it, that's okay. And letting myself know that it's okay to not need a girl in my life right now. Because I'm doing other things. I was I was getting very caught up for a, for a bit there, man. And like almost putting pressure and overwhelming myself with every time I meet someone, yo, you need to, you need to, you need to, and you don't. Like just meet people. Meet people for who they are. There, need, there doesn't need to be a plan in action to pursue, to actively pursue something. Um, so my relationship side of things has been very non-existent. And even when I say that, Right now, what's coming up for me is like, like that pride and ego is like, bro, don't say that. Don't let people know you're not going out every night and pulling girls and sliding into DMs and getting numbers. Like, don't say that. They're not going to think you're as much as a man as what you are. Like, who's this guy that's got a great body and isn't pulling girls? What's he doing wrong? What's wrong with him? And like, there's no right or wrong in that. It's just doing what I'm doing right now. That's why I wanted to bring it up because I know this, because I discussed it recently in one of my own potters about, and I let guys into it, it's like uh, discovering or uncovering your sexual needs in the bedroom. And one part of that was sexual needs. And we talked about sexual needs 
And one part of that was sexual needs in lifespan. And that the sexual needs of 18-year-old Adam is very different to the sexual needs of 25-year-old Adam. And based on where they are at in their lives and what their life purpose is and why they're waking up in the morning. What's important? What's priorities? Is priority getting to bed at 9.30 p.m. or blue lights off by 7.30, right? Making sure I sleep a hard eight hours until 6.30 so I'm fucking ready to go at six in the morning and just crushing throughout the entire day. Is that priorities over the DM that slides into my inbox of a young 18-year-old girl that doesn't have to be up tomorrow, that maybe works a part-time job or is studying at uni. She doesn't have to go to... She's got like a toot the next day at 11 a.m. She can sleep in until 10.45. And she sends me a DM saying, hey, want to come over? Uh, you want Disney and chill? And just wants to fuck and that's all it is. And that's, that's all it's going to be. It's not going to be anything more stimulating than that on a psychological level anyway. And of course, I'm not de-riding and down-riding the physical connection. And if you guys want to know more about that, don't worry, I dive into all these nuances in that potter. It's literally the last one before this, so not hard to find. And, and people need to understand for you to turn down some Disney and chill. We ain't playing. Oh. We ain't oh. playing. You kidding me? <laughs> give me that give me that little mermaid right now. Right, I want that little mermaid. <laughs> uh, so the reason why, because that was one of the first conversations I've had with my audience in a while on where I'm at as a 25-year-old dude. In terms of sexually, and I, I'm, and maybe just I've had a couple other conversations to do with the frequency of which I go out, but not in terms of actual sexual relationships. And what I said in that was, you know, sometimes it's two times a week, uh, two times, sorry, once every second week I might be seeing a girl, or once maybe two times a month, you know, based on where I'm at, just based on priorities and what's important to me. And I feel like it was really important to for me to be honest with what solar entrepreneurship is like at this age and what is required of a certain person if you want to be doing that if you want to be doing that and of course like you said it before there's no right or wrong there's no right or wrong. i'm sure there's plenty of uh i'm sure there's plenty of entrepreneurs young guys right, that are burning at both ends that are trying to stay up until 1 2 a.m are doing that disney and chill and then also trying to run the business the next day I'm sure there are, and I'm sure I was at a certain point younger as well. But what I found is that, just for me anyway, it doesn't suit my lifestyle very much. And I think it was really interesting to hear from your perspective because it's uncloaking. It's uncloaking what the life is actually like. And that if you want a certain level of responsibility, if you want to take a certain level of leadership for what you're doing in life, other things will have to slide. And I don't think young guys understand that or young people understand that. You know, of course, like we're using the term guys, but if you're a girl listening to this, just flip the example. I don't think younger people quite understand that desires change, needs change, and what is required of you changes over time. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm, 100%. Um, there's, only, there's only so much room in your life for things. Um, whether that be your, your job, your career, your fitness routine, your girlfriend, your family, whatever that is, you only have so much room. And if you're, call it a hundred, you've got a hundred bars of that you, you've got room in your life. And when you're trying to slide off and dive off into all these relationships and you're taking up, you know, you're starting to push that 120, 150. 
10 bars. I don't know if that analogy even really resonates, but it, you, ca- you, you can't actually go over that 100% because you can't ever do more than 100% because you're taking from somewhere else. You're always taking mm. your energy from somewhere else. You might not see that because you might still get up and do your thing, but like at what quality are you performing on that thing? Mm. Yeah, 100%. Actually, I've, so, another just from that, just a really interesting question that came to mind for you. You also, you tagged into Snapchat and how the conversations you were having with people back when you were in the small bubble and back when you were in uh, a less evolved version of yourself and how you can now see. You can now see outside of that and you wish other people could see into that. Now, this is a question I get quite a bit, quite often, as to how to extricate negative influences, how to exercise the toxicity from your life is that something you've been finding more about? Is that stuff that... And how do you handle that now? How do you handle that now having completely taken yourself at least on an objective level? On an objective level from anyone looking outside. Like if you want to put yourself... <clears throat> let's put ourselves in the perspective and mindset of these dudes you were talking about that you used to be in these circles with these small circles that were operating let's call it on lower levels, that's what it is, right? Not uh, disrespecting them as human beings, but we can all see that people are just are where they are on the journeys. Some people are more involved than others. It doesn't make you better or worse. It just are where you are. But how? let's put ourselves in those people's perspectives, how they view Mikel now, <coughs> how they try and contact you now, how rigid, how defensive, how... How protective, that's the word. How protective are you of your mental space with toxic influences? Mm. First of all, I just want to preface this by like, I fucking love my boys. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean, I did want, that's why yeah, I was being really I, careful with that. I know, but it. sometimes when we say certain things, they can be heard many different ways. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, so much love for my boys back in Rads. Yes, this this is not to throw shade on anyone in particular. Not at all. This also extrapolates very macro to just people in general, not specifically talking on anyone. Yeah. Um, it's it's caring about it's for me caring about what I'm caring about right now, and that unplugging myself from what they're up to. Um, goes back to the basketball days, like I'd be on the court and I'd be getting flustered and like, you know, this isn't working, that isn't working. And my coach or my dad would be on the sideline and be like, yo, you're doing this. That's why. And it's like when I've come over to Bali, I feel like now I'm on the sideline and I can really look in. Um, For me, I've actually had quite a few people that I'm very close to or I've hung out with maybe like a few times hit me up and be like, Bro, like, I'm going through this right now. Like, I feel like I'm showing up in a certain way where I'm giving people permission and creating a space for them to be vulnerable to me because they've seen what I've done. They're seeing what I've living out, I'm living out. Mm. Um, with, with, the, with the friendship thing, one thing I've learned over the last couple of years is when I'm, when I'm doing me, it's not to justify it for any reason. And what really feels right. So going out and grabbing some beers with the guys, 
sometimes I'll just, and sometimes I just won't reply. But other times it's like, nah. Oh, why not? Who are you seeing? What are you doing? Nothing. It's just, I don't want to do it, man. Like, I don't feel the need to justify why I don't want to do things I don't want to do. I just don't want to do them. Um, mm. And there's so much power in that. There's so much certainty in that. And when other people, your friendship, you can have, even if you're that background lad in your friendship group, you can have so much more pull in your actions than what you think. All the groups always have the, the loud alpha or the funny guy or whatever. It's what you do and how you show up in your actions that people really watch. And I say this because I've personally done it and I've watched other friends do it where I've watched friends in other groups that might be the person everyone hangs shit on. There's a, there always seems to be that guy in the group where it's like always kind of fun to make fun of him. And I've seen that and, I, and I've seen him just quietly go about his business, growing his business on the side and then people are starting to be like, oh, yo, oh, if he's doing that, like, man, and they check in with themselves. They start that conversation. Mm. And that's, that's all it is. It's just, it's just starting that conversation, giving someone else permission to think, like, shit, maybe I can do it. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I may have gone on a tangent on your exact question there. Yeah, well, I was just, I was more, because we definitely didn't want to throw shade on anyone in particular. What I was more talking about was just toxic influences, not saying that your friends are toxic influences. But if they're, because you mentioned before that you've had people in your time tell you, hey, Mikhail, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Why are you trying to excel yourself? And of course, they're not using that word, but that's essentially what they're saying. Well, you, you're better than us now. Yeah. You're better than us now because that that happens. I get this message a lot from from young people that message me saying, Adam, I'm trying to better myself, especially because in my space, if you're listening to my content, you're not listening by accident. Hmm. No one comes across how to, the Potter 61 on involving your consciousness by accident. Hmm. Like you, and especially not listening to that for an hour and a half by accident is because you are actively engaged in the process of trying to develop yourself, which in and of itself is amazing. That puts you, in my mind, that puts you into a small percentage of people that are separated from everyone else. And of course, not better or worse. Not better. It doesn't, doesn't make you any better than the guy, than the brickie working across the road who's grabbing his sausage roll and is doing his nun, you know, that thing. It doesn't make you any better than that. That's not what I'm saying. But a lot of those people, one of the struggles is toxicity and that, <clears throat> toxicity is sticky. It's sticky in that if you've got this young shining diamond, <clears throat> excuse me, you've got this young shining diamond and this young, this young man or this young woman that listens to Mick, listens to me, listening to Gary Vee, listening to Tim Ferriss, looking at all these people that are just trying to make life better for others. I want to do that. They say, I want to do that. And so they start to go to work on that. They start to go to conferences they start to read they start to listen to these podcasts they start to do better shit in life but then they've got those people maybe it's not everyone in their group sometimes it is but maybe it's just that one person say like, hey why are you doing that what you think you can do better than what's going on right here and right now nah shit man you can't do that i get those messages quite a bit so i like to dive in on people like yourself and other people that i that i know that i just talk to 
as to how they deal if they had that in their past, if they had toxic influences that were sticky, that were always just trying to hold them down to the ground, how they were able to exercise that from their lives, whether they were just uh, Greek-style burn the boats and just burn the boats with them. Hey, I need you out of my life right now. Because I, I oftentimes, like, if you know my principles, direct, congruent, authentic, I don't have time for that. Mm. If there's a toxic, toxic influence, it's, it's, it's burn the boats of me. It's that I don't, I don't need a bridge back to you. I don't need a boat back to you. That's not to say that if you, in three years' time, do revolutions on yourself, evolve yourself, want to come back and show me what's up, hey, I'll see you in three years' time. And let's have a coffee. Let's have a green tea. Let's have, let's have some matcha and we'll talk. But right now, I'm burning the boat, both of you. You come swim back if you want, but I'm burning the boat of you right now. That's, what, that's really where I was going mm. with that question. All right. I'm going to quickly check my camera. I'm going to pull the... Oh, yeah, go for it. I'm going to quickly check this. this. So this is something I have a lot of firsthand experience on. And mm. friends I've, I've been with have had firsthand experiences from people making Instagram pages to hang shit on them um, to I've had messages and I've still got screenshots of messages where I've woke up in the morning and I've got a message this fucking long um, of someone viciously attacking me for what I'm doing. And because I had a stage where... So when I first started discovering self-development and personal development and all this, I was, I personally check in with myself now and I know I was coming from a place that I'm right, you're wrong. That's the place I was coming from and that triggered people. And yep. one, thing, well, one thing that people need to understand is that like hurt people hurt people. And if people are hanging shit on you for showing up in a certain way and doing what you're doing, they know, they might not express it, and they might not be fully consciously aware of it, but they fucking know deep down inside that that's something within them. That's triggering them. That's, that's a mirror for the shit they've got going on. And if you just, if, if you're, now this is because, this is to say if you're showing up authentically and you're not trying to be somebody else, because people are going to call you on your shit. And eventually it's going to come to the surface. It's going to come out. It's... People see through that shit, you know, the going back to the girl with the smoothie bowl in the cafe, they can see that that wasn't, you weren't just grabbing a smoothie bowl, that there's work that's gone into that. And, um, maybe if you've used an app to bring in your waistline or whatever, people see that it tells people a lot more about, Hmm, what's really Mm. going on? What's really going on under that pretty face and under the surface. So when I showed up in a way and I was still navigating this for the first year of, who Mikel is, and I still am navigating that. But when I started to get a real hold of it and be like, yo, this is what I do. This isn't who I'm trying to be. This is just me. Wow, that worked. That rolled off the tongue. Um, yes, it did. I have, so I've going back to that message. I've had people that sent me wall posts, inboxes, that I've copped that heat. And it, the, in the moment, I was like, it fucking hurt. It sunk. I had a guy come up to me on New Year's Eve drunk in my face telling me how much he hates what I do and how much it fucking annoys him and how much of a piece of shit I am 10 minutes before the new year's countdown and I was like Jesus fuck that is aggressive dude like people holding him back and I've never directly said anything to him yeah so I understand this fucking topic and for me going on three four years later now continuing doing what I'm doing he came up to me 18 months ago at a gym and this, I used to go to Anytime Fitness, which is a big franchise gym in Australia. 
and I went to a gym that one of them that I'd never gone to before. I was just in the area and he was there. And I had a choice then and there to be like, yo, you piece of shit. Like fucking look at you now or whatever. But I was like, hey man, what's up? How you been? So you're getting back into the gym? Cool. Like, he was doing something wrong, and I was like, bro, can I give you advice? To me, to actually be completely honest, I forgot about that night. I'd, I'd box that away. I was done with that. I, would, I'd, I was on the other side of that. And I was just showing up in a way where I was creating a space for him, after I showed him a couple of things, asked him how he's been, genuinely gave a shit. He came up to me. I saw him. He went to leave. He doubled back and was like, yo, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the shit I said. I'm sorry for that night I came up to you. And it wasn't until he said that it clicked. I was like, fuck, you did do that. And when you hold that space for someone else to step into where they feel comfortable, because that was, looking back at it now, he would have been in the gym there and that would have been playing on him. Every time he's seen one of my posts now that he wasn't giving me shit, that would be coming up for him. It wasn't coming up for me anymore because I'd worked through that shit. And when people are hanging shit on you, just, just know that it's, it's got nothing to do with you. It's, it's, it's all them. It's their shit that's coming up for them. And that, for me, was like a huge reminder to just, like you say, direct, congruent, authentic. Yeah. I say always, ta- always um, tell the truth with love and compassion. Always tell the truth, but with love. So don't call people out and call people forward. And... For him to come up and do that, that shows a lot of heart. That shows a lot of balls. To drop the ego, mm. to drop everything, and just be like, yo, I'm genuinely fucking sorry. That's powerful. That's powerful. Especially if coming from such an aggressive place. Coming up to you pre-New Year's. That's, re- that's, that's the real thing that I wanted from you. Sorry if the question at the beginning wasn't phrased so well, but that's really what I wanted to get to. Because what you just went on there was forgiveness. And this is something that I've been really big on lately, which is that we forgive, but we don't forget. So we don't allow actions to repeat, but we don't allow others' actions, say that again, we don't allow others' actions to torment us for the rest of our lives. And that, in my mind, from what I've seen and what I've learned from other people, especially the Dalai Lama, is that the only way to that place is forgiveness. Because forgiveness is letting go. You would let go of what that guy had said and done to you and how he made you feel. Just let go of it. This is not serving me. Why do I need to hold on to this pain? And for anyone listening to this, everything that you have in your hurt locker, it's all subject to change based on your will. You keep it in there. All right, so, so you're this overweight kid right, who doesn't want to show himself because the kids at school bully him. He's got a YouTube channel, wants to put it up, but he knows he's going to get bullied at school. Oh, what? Well, you fat kid, you think you can be a YouTube star, right? No, you're never going to be anything, right? And that scars you psychologically, so you don't do it. And you keep the resentment. You resent those people. You hate those people. And you maybe gets five, six years later on. And then that kid sees... Someone else, right? Someone similar to him who maybe just has a slightly different bit of courage than him is now doing what he wasn't able to do. So he hates on that guy because he was hurt. He was hurt. And you said it before. It's one of my favorite sayings. Hurt people, hurt people. People export what is inside. And 
that is a choice that that man, that young boy holds on to. That the experience in the past of these jocks or whatever in school that were tormenting him psychologically. Right? Now, of course, you don't forget those actions. You don't allow people to repeat those actions. You don't get walked over. But if you can't forgive those people, no matter how bad it was, if you can't forgive those people, the psychological trauma is magnified a thousand, a hundred thousand fold well beyond the actual action. If you hadn't forgiven that guy on New Year's Eve, yeah, he caused you some some psychological trauma in that moment for sure. But the psychological trauma you cause yourself by continuing to hold that pain in your hurt locker, if you were chosen to do that, is well beyond, well beyond anything he could have done to you. Because that's something you wake up with each and every single day. That's something you're thinking about each and every single day. And this is where I want to get real for a second, man. This is where I want to sh- share some stuff that I mean, some stuff that I've been dealing with. It's it was about two months ago or so. There were some people that were throwing some real shade and some real heat my way, and in a very similar way to your guys on New Year's Eve, unsolicited. I've never even really spoken to these people, not really in years anyway. And definitely not justified for the stuff they were saying to me and the public content they were making out. They were actually making public content just deriding me. And I didn't even find out about it one-to-one. It's not like they came to me one-to-one. Just some of my friends told me, hey, Adam, did you see this? Did you see this video this guy made about you? And I'm like, nope. And uh, so I didn't even look at the video because they told me, they're just like, well, he's saying this about you. He's saying all these incorrect things about you, all these things that are just absolute bullshit. He's like, what, what an... And they, and so my friends were just going hard on him, just like, what an absolute dick. He's supposed to be a leader in this space. He's supposed to be helping other people to evolve themselves as well. And yet at the same time, he's going out and making videos, telling fake stories and just uh, spitting toxicity, Right? And the younger Adam would have sunk his teeth in. Get the video response, right? Get get out there and like, if not confront him one-to-one, just do something, do something. But the, the immediate response when I heard about this was, I've already forgiven him. Yeah, as I'm walking through the garden and my mates are still talking about it, they're still talking about it. I cannot, cannot believe the shit that is coming out of this this guy and I'm like I've forgiven him already because if he's at a place and he's at a stage in life where he feels like he has to not only make things up but then export that out publicly there is such a deep burning pain within that person it has zero percent to do with me I am just the conduit through which that is flowing it could have very well been someone else it could have just as easily been another flip of the coin and been someone else that he's deriding. So I immediately extricate myself from that. But at the same time, I just want to forgive him for it immediately because I'm not going to let that torment me. I'm not going to let that torment me. And when you were telling that story about New Year's Eve, I'm like, yeah, that's how you move on with your life. That's how you continue to live the good life. And you fight the good fight for yourself by not worrying about what other people 
other people are dealing with inside. And you you said like always tell the truth, but with love and compassion. Yeah, which means which is essentially a just another way of phrasing direct, congruent, authentic, which is be upfront with people. Don't allow, don't forget things. Don't allow people to walk over you. But at the same time, have the compassion for that. If they're if they're exporting that level of pain, that level of hurt, you cannot even fathom the level of hurt that is going on inside of them. You know. A hundred percent, man. Um, yeah, it's it's been so interesting to work with um, others that have gone through that, and also on myself. And looking back, it all makes sense, and it all is so clear and has so much clarity. But when you're in the moment and you're emotionally involved, <clears throat> sometimes you can't see it. And it's awesome that you can see it now. It. <clears throat> It's awesome that you can see it now at this age because at 25, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it at all. It's, it's, um, it gives you so much power to move forward and continue doing what you're doing. It's amazing the amount of time invested I spent trying to prove people wrong instead of proving myself right, if that works. I was shocked. It's like your energy. Yeah, I was sh- yeah. showing up in a way which revolved around proving a point instead of just doing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's cool, man. And imagine all that time and energy spent if it was redirected into what you just said. Less time trying to prove other people wrong, more time trying to prove yourself good. Yeah. And also the quality of energy as well and like where, where the, where the uh, inspiration and everything comes from. It comes from a different place. It's not coming from a hurt or um, angry place. It's coming from a place of just pure creative. It's it's a different quality. Yeah, yeah it's a it different is. quality of energy. That's the quality of energy that runs all night. That has you up doing podcasts until 11 last night and then up at 6.30 this morning doing a podcast with me. Yeah. That's that. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying there. And I know this is a bit of a weird, a weird tangent because I've got to finish up in the next 15 minutes because we've got to run off to... Uh, uh, birthday for the old stepfather. Shout out to Andrew. Yo yo. Um, so I, I this is a this is this is strange, but it's just something that's been on my mind since you mentioned it. It's still there. It's still parked in my mind. You mentioned something about the two models of the waterfall and how it's not what people think it is on the gram, and you see that that amazing waterfall cascading and. And this rib shredded dude and this uh, sexy, sexy lady, just like in this picturesque moment. And you've been diving deeper and deeper into your creative power. And it's been leading you into all these different types of different creative situations where you're getting to really see now what models actually are. And this is, I know this is a strange based on the deep shit we just went into. But it's just something that was on my mind that because this is a huge misperception, at least if I want to speak on the part of my audience of dudes or young guys that are aspiring to date models, that are aspiring to get with hot girls, that maybe have a misconception with what that type of girl actually is. And you've been working with a lot of, and I saw you on Instagram the other day, I sent you a DM. Uh, because it was a behind the scenes of Mikhail just taking uh, taking shots 
of these three very sexy ladies just in a kitchen or somewhere, just just having a good old time. I'm like, life, it's, life's hard for a Mikel out here, right? Has your idea of what hot girls are and what a sexy lady is, especially in a professional sense, in a model sense, in a sense where we don't necessarily get the full picture, has that started to change or deepen? Um, very much so. And that that last week is just barley summed up. Like, I was riding my scooter past a cafe. A couple of guys I met yesterday, like the day before, who are a videographer and photographer in Malaysia, were like, yo, what's up? We grabbed a coffee. We're half an hour into a coffee. They get a message from their friends that photographer bailed. Do you, can you guys come shoot it? And they looked at me. I had my camera and we went and shot it. Like, it's just that that I'm in a space now where shit like that just happens on the reg. People hit you up, bro, can you do mm. a shoot today? Um, so yeah, when you put yourself in different environments, things show up. Um, that's, that's something I just quickly want to, to address, but yes, 100%. Yeah, it's cool. My thought of sexy ladies, women, models, influencers, whatever that is. I go into conversations and when I'm chatting to them, whether it be like business trying to set up shoots or legitimately meeting them, it's complete. like these numbers are just irrelevant to me now. These looks are, are less and less. Um, I still I still show up with who I am because I used to show up differently depending on how a girl looks or how she was, and that's still hard for me to admit. Like I was I was a dick, like back in school. I was, I was a straight up dick, man. Um, mm. To that idea of what's beautiful is is really evolved into who the fuck are you? Because attractive girls are a dime a dozen. There are lots and lots and lots of them. A girl who knows herself, a girl who shows up as herself every single day, whether she gets the likes, whether she even has an Instagram account, I'm meeting, you wouldn't believe what goes on over here. There's, get this, there's hot girls who don't have Instagram over here. Like, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Let that sink, man. I like that. Let that sink. Great white buffalo. Um... (laughs) So yeah, like yes, it it has changed. It has changed 100%. How I show up and how I view them has completely changed. Um yeah. Ah, that's good. Yeah, I just want, I, it was something that was uh, because we're both coming you're in that space now. And we spoke about a little bit so I won't talk about it too much now. We spoke about it on your podcast a bit about at least a little bit as to I'm not I'm not sure if we covered this exact topic, but we talked about the nature of uh, models on Instagram and whatnot, but this actually we didn't talk about this though about the perception of what a model actually is, and to a much wider perspective, a lot of the guys that I deal with that are going out in the clubs, going on the street, getting their social temple handled, they want to meet girls. They're very reluctant to go up to that attractive girl, like the, the girl that actually makes them sweat. You know, if there's a certain percentage of guys that for the life of them just can't even go out at all, right? And it's a, lot, it's a huge part of the community, actually, at least in this in part of my niche. I've got many niches now, but there's just many niches. Niches on niches, as you said before. But of that niche, like there's that, but then there's also the percentage of guys that will actually go out but they will only approach in their mind on the scale of the loose arbitrary scale of a zero to 10 of, and that's a personal subjective thing. You know, they'll approach their five to seven. Right? A girl that, you know, they, they, they like, it's nice, 
but it's not the girl that actually makes him sweat, whatever that is for him. And a lot of the times that is because there is a huge misperception behind what or who she actually is. And this is something that I loved. If, if of all the things that I learned from professional fashion and portrait videography and photography, if you take away everything else that I learned from that, other than this one thing of just getting to spend time around extremely attractive women that have the packaging, that have the label of this is a model, and realizing that, oh, Amy, she came out of the womb. She came out of the womb just like you and I. She wants the same things as you and I, right? She wants to increase her level of happiness, decrease her level of suffering. Right? She wants to be happy. And that when you see these, these a group of six or seven dime pieces in the club that look like these ethereal beings, these unicorns that you couldn't possibly get next to, it's so far off. It's so far off. And it might sound a very elitist coming from me. And I actually have got this message a few times from guys where I get an email saying, Adam, listen, I, it took me a while to get onto your shit because you talk so raw and it comes off almost in an elitist way. This is this one email I got the last week. Guys saying that because of the, the raw nature in which you talk and you just don't, you don't placate, you don't try to make things sound a little bit less than what they are. And when, you, when I hear you say, oh, the really, really hot girls, they came out of the womb just like you and I, go speak to her. That pissed me off when you said that because I'm so scared of them. And it's like, I, and for me, listening to that email, I get that. I get that, but that's not going to change anything. It's not going to change the way that, because I'm just going to call it what it is. If you go up to them, you'll realize they're normal people. They're just people. They came out of the womb just like you and I. So forget about these labels. Forget about this packaging. And yeah, you, you said it beautifully. I couldn't help but smile when you said, when you remove the zeros, when you remove the follow account, who the fuck is this girl? And that you've been meeting girls that don't even have the Instagram accounts. Hot girls that don't even have the Instagram accounts. Along this journey, if there's one thing, if there's like, you know, like the rubric or the curriculum you might have in school, of what teachers would like you to know before coming into this test or having finished up with the semester, if there's one thing of this journey that I would think, and there's a few, but if there's one thing that I feel like is one of the most relevant and maybe a sum up of everything we've talked about here and that we'll continue to talk about is get to who people actually are. Remove the wrapping paper as much as you can. And let's get to the core of who this person actually is. We've talked about hurt people. And that was some real shit there for both of us. We've talked about friendship groups. People that we had to leave behind. We talked about our past selves. Our lower selves. Selves, parts of ourselves that we weren't necessarily proud of coming up. And who we are now. Right? Understanding who we are. Understanding who we are at the core. We talked about so much of that. And it's all... I'm thinking right now, because you know how like with my potters, I like to sum things up as just a one nugget takeaway. At least just speaking of you here in this, in this final bit, that's like the, 
underlying theme, the underlying core thing that if you got nothing else from this but this one thing, that remove the shade from people, remove the wrapping paper, get to who they actually are, you'll be so much better off in life. Yeah, it's it's a good moment. It's really just managing and dropping all expectations and preconceived ideas of what you think it should look and feel like, whether that be business or relationships, whether that be lifestyle, whatever it is. Um, if you can go into something like that, and that's why New Year's Eve is always such such a letdown and anticlimax because there's so much hype around it. And why that spur of the moment night out with the boys or the girls is so much fun because there's no expectations around it. It's it's dropping that expectation and just doing the do. Yeah. Just doing the do. And yeah, one thing I really want to leave with this is, and I got my first two tattoos over here from the first. My first paid video in Bali was paid with tattoos. Um that's dope. That's such a good story. So one of the tattoos I got, it's just very, very small on my wrist. It's, we've got this. And working through a breathwork session the other day, which was an hour long, which was intense. And I know we didn't even get to touch on the Vipassana or anything. Oh, the Vipassana stuff, yeah. Um, to remind yourself that you've got this. And if you've been through some dark, heavy shit, you're still here. And that the people that are hanging shit on you could be in that right now. And what would it mean to you if someone showed you love and compassion when you were going through that? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. There's nothing more to be said after that. That was gold. Yeah, Mike, don't drop the mic. <laughs> For those that are listening, Mike, Miguel was just like, do that CD mic drop. That was gold. That was absolutely gold. Perfect place to wrap up. So this has been a mind exploration, psychological self-exploration. Cannot thank you enough, Mick, for absolutely for 6.30 a.m. bearing the wasps surviving the wasp, surviving the the early morning to come on here and share your wisdom with uh, this space. And I'm really grateful, as always, uh, to be in your presence and to receive the energy that is coming from your spirit. It's so uh, it's so palpable, so visceral. It's, it's intoxicating for me. So I really thank you for all that you bring. And, you know, even just this is why I... After the last potto, after the potter we did with, with you on your podcast, when we turned all the cameras off and the mics off and we were just transferring stuff onto the SD cards. And I'm not sure if I said it at the time, but the feeling of overwhelming filming that I got is that I want to do this for the rest of my life with Mikel. I want us at interv- inter- intervals and periods during our lives to just sit down and just, just banter, just banter off and go into whatever we feel we need to go into. And it's because of, uh, I just feel so much realness from you, man. It's a quality that shouldn't be rare, yet it is. 
we're doing our best to change that. I feel like through these conversations, that's changing. And so I just really thank you for all of that. And I wanted you to have uh, the space now to direct people to wherever you would like them to go, whether that's your podcast, whatever channels, send people to where they can connect deeper with old Mick. Mm, my man. That's, um, that's beautiful, man. Thanks for that. One, and like I think I may have mentioned this on my podcast before as well, but you've been a consistent reminder. Um, just putting in the work and showing up. I've never come across a podcast where someone shows up so consistently, so deeply, so authentically by themselves for such a long period of time. And it really goes to show the work you've put in and the depth that you've evolved to. Like you can speak about approaching a girl you're not sure about for two hours by yourself. (laughs) <laughs> like for people to really let that land, like, and I've done this, I've sat there and like started speaking on a microphone within five minutes. I'm like, oh, man, like, and then I was, oh fuck, like kind of lose my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're killing that man. And I'm, I'm looking forward to checking as well, whether we do it more consistently or pick certain topics to go in on, whatever that looks like. Hey, mm. maybe even some project retreats in Bali. Who knows? That's an idea Ooh. I've been playing with. Just Ooh. keep that hush hush. Don't tell anyone. Um, oh Yes. My man, people can find me on, I hang out mainly on Instagram at mikel.k, M-I-K-E-L-E.k. Um, mm-hmm. My podcast is The Project Podcast uh, mm-hmm. on iTunes, but you might need to search my name for it to come up. So it's Mikel, M-I-K-E-L-E, last name Kuha, K-U-H-A-R. And Instagram is where I hang out. So if you come across my Instagram, um, I've got links mm-hmm. to all my other personal projects there and my podcast. So yeah. And, and a few selfies, but you know, my, I feel like my hey. selfie to photo ratio is pretty good right now. So we're right. <laughs> Oh yes. All right. Yeah. And uh, I would encourage everyone to dive in on Mikel's podcast, the project, and not just because I was on episode four, but also mainly because this just is high level. It's high level shit. It's high level quality shit. And if you got anything from this, uh, I would encourage you guys just to yeah, get into the universe of Mikel because it's a star that is burning extremely brightly. My man. Thank you. And that's where we'll wrap it up. Okay. I will catch you guys soon. Yeah. Peace. <gasps> All right, what a session. What an absolute session with Mikel. I thank you guys very much if you made it to this point. Thank you so much for being engaged. Thank you for being on the journey with me. I really appreciate it. I encourage you guys to go check out Mikel's podcast, The Project Podcast. Hit him up on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at uitang1, mikelsmikel.k. And as I said before, this podcast is brought to you by bodojo.com, where you guys can pick up an ebook. You guys can dive into deeper level coaching, one-on-one Skype calls and also the big ticket boot camps. You guys can find all of that on bulldozer.com and also I encourage you guys to share your feedback. What did you think about this bulldozer? Hit me up on a DM. Hit Mikel up on a DM on Instagram. Send me an email bulldozer.com. It's been an amazing journey so far and I just thank you guys for being here. Wishing you the best on your journeys. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.